Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and my guest today is Elias Saruji. Elias is due to graduate in April with an Honors Bachelor of Arts in Social Psychology from McMaster University and a Business Studies Certificate from Mohawk College. Elias has had several roles in McMaster's University Athletics and Recreation Department from 2017 to 2020. Elias works with inclusion and diversity and is recognized within the department and the McMaster community where he organized and executed prime-themed events in collaboration with community partners to ensure McMaster's athletic and recreation is a place for all. The latest Pride theme event won the Ontario University Association Award for the best varsity theme night. He has a big passion for sports, including being the first openly gay rugby player on many levels. He is also a two-time recipient winner of the Bill Seven Award, which is a charitable trust that awards scholarships to gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, and two-spirited and queer students who are in financial need and studying at any post-secondary institution in Ontario to attain their first degree. Elias, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian, so much for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Boy, that is, you definitely have had, the, that two-time winning award is amazing, by the way. I know that's the first time I think in history that's happened. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, I'm very grateful that Bill 7 exists and all the work that they continue to do to support the LGBTQ plus community. It's an amazing thing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into your journey. Um, first off, just to get to know um, you better and for our audience to get to know who you are, um, let's do some quick rapid fire questions, then we'll jump right into your story. So what is your most favorite used emoji? I actually have a little piggy bank where it's on my bed and it's that of that exact emoji and it's the laughing and crying one at the same time. Because sometimes <laughs> when, you know, I'm like laughing, I sometimes tend to kind of tear up just because of how much I laugh. So it's a perfect emoji. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's a great emoji. Um, if you could eat just one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pineapple, guarantee you. Pineapple? Pineapple, I love pineapple. I could eat it day and night. I love it so much. I know it doesn't have much protein that I definitely die very soon if that's the only thing, but um, considering I love pineapple, I, I suck with pineapple. Really? That's it. That's even an interesting fruit when you think about it because uh, it's so hard to open it, I find. <laughs> <laughs> it's Maybe you could teach very therapeutic, Brian. Cut in that. Okay. <laughs> One layer at a time. One layer at a time. Okay. I'll have to Maybe I'll have to check that out. Um, favorite way to spend a day off? Honestly, look at the sky and just chill out. That is the perfect one for me and working out, making sure I get that in. But yeah, chilling out is something that I'm, you know, trying to get used to in a way before adulthood because I know meditation is a really good thing so yes look at the sky it's blank you see the sky and the clouds and just relaxes and calms it's important because I think too often sometimes people try to cram their day off with a lot of activities or, or trying to get a lot of things done sometimes it's nice just to just to relax and reflect so that's Absolutely. that's a really sounds like a great way to spend a day off um Okay, so do you hit the snooze button or do you get up immediately? I wake up immediately because I will not wake up if not. Okay, you'd roll over and then that would be it, huh? Oh, yeah. 
Um, this is an interesting question. And sometimes I, I ask the guests this one too is what, if you had to pick one word or a favorite word, what is your favorite word? Uh, um, meticulous. Meticulous. It's actually a word that my manager told me many times that I'm very meticulous. Um, and it's the word that that's where I learned it. And I like the sound of it because it took me about 50 times to try to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> yes, that is a meticulous is a good word. Actually, it says attention to detail and all those great things that yeah, that one hopes that they they have as as traits. Um, so we're going to let's just jump right into your story. I think you have one of the most interesting stories of um, where you've come from, where you are, where you're going. And when I talk to different individuals, um, you know, we touched a little bit early before starting the podcast. Obviously, sports has been a big part of your journey. Um, you know, also being an out and gay athlete, I'd, I'd like to talk more about that. Um, and also the fact of your, you know, being a newcomer to Canada and transitioning. So between high school, school, sports, I mean, you know, you've done it all and you've done it. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of lessons or things that you might have learned that maybe you could share a little bit uh, with, with our audience and some of the students that might be listening in today. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you kind of a, a brief background. So I actually came to Canada from in 2008. I'm um, from Jordan. Um, it's located in the Middle East and not from Michael Jordan because I've gone that many times. <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, so I came here with my two sisters to my mom, um, to my single mom. And uh, I didn't know, I knew zero words of English. So that was definitely a, a big battle to kind of overcome, especially getting adjusted to a brand new society. And uh, yeah, so I did elementary school from grade six to grade eight. And then I went to St. Mary's High School in Kitchener, Ontario. And from that, where I started to really kind of, kind of really tell that I, girls are not my team. And that was a very hard thing because of battling with learning English, but also battling an identity thing, knowing that the culture that I came from Jordan doesn't really accept it. And in fact, my dad doesn't even accept it himself. Um, think mm -hmm. it doesn't know and it shall never know or find out. But uh, I think that's important thing to know because battling with two battles at the same time was very hard while also making friends and getting adjusted. And throughout my high school, I, I joined student council, which opened up a lot of doors for me, um, got to make a lot of, a lot of friends and eventually became student council president um, in my grade 12 year. And but in grade 11, I got outed as a gay male uh, while being the captain of the rugby team. So you can only imagine how that was because of the high contact um, with my peers, um, my male peers. And that was very hard because that's something, you know, your biggest secret in life just got, just got exposed and you really don't think how you can manage it. And it was a tough place to be in, but I forgave the person um shall be unnamed um and you know people make mistakes and that's something i had to cut over and that actually helped me a lot in self-growth wise knowing that i was that part of my life where someone did so such a horrendous thing that made me kind of open up and accept but also forgive and 
I think from there, I became student council president, like I mentioned, but I ended up getting accepted into McMaster University um, in my fifth year in high school. And that was something, a big milestone for me, especially, you know, through my journey with learning English, that kind of really was the cherry on top when others, me, myself, I doubted myself to even be accepted. But that also came from so many other people, especially teachers, who kept telling my mom, he should transfer him from academic to apply. Um, I don't think he'll be accepted into university. And all those kind of built in and kind of made me persevere to get accepted into McMaster. Can I ask you a couple of questions about that? So your journey and your story is something I'd like to unpack as we go a little bit. Um, so apologies for the interruption, but going back a bit to, um, first of all, being a newcomer uh, with a single parent, um, your sisters all learning the culture, I guess, collectively together, um, and then not having English as your first language. I mean, that alone is is a huge, huge feat and also comes with a lot of a lot of challenges and understanding and and how to navigate. But um, as you talked about the, you know, getting a, did you say 11th grade is when person outed? Yeah. Is it yeah. yeah. So to me that, you know, as you're talking through that story, it's, it's, um, that's such a personal thing. It's such a personal journey. And I think to be the bigger person to finally to not finally, but to forgive and what have you, that's, that's very big of you. I think it's very challenging when you have your own story to tell, and it should be something that you tell on your own terms and your own time. So that in itself, um, obviously was, was a bit of a, a difficulty, um, for you. Um, how, when it initially happened, like, how did it make you feel like, were you, did you, I don't know, did you go more inward or did you try to, how did you try to deal with that? For sure. Um, I think I was in a state of fear, if anything, because, you know, going back, as I mentioned, my country is not very accepting of that. And just to note, my mom is Canadian. So she actually, it was an arranged marriage um, between her and my father. Um, it's funny, in one week across the world, they got married after just meeting each other. And as you can tell, she's single mom right now. So I'll have that one out. Um, but I think my state was fear because my dad, he's very homophobic. He was very abusive. And thank God my mom saved us from him. And at the age of eight, he actually looked at me directly. And I, I'm very open with this. And I'm sorry if the nature of what I'm about to say is a bit harsh to some viewers or listeners. But it's an important thing to mention because like my dad looked at me when I was at the age of eight years old, looked me directly in the eyes and said, if you ever become gay, I wouldn't hesitate for a second to put a bullet straight through your head. And at the age of eight, that's when I truly realized like when my sister had crushes on other guys, I liked them too. And I, it was very confusing in a world where male dominance, male expectations, you're having a family is such the primary thing. Like they don't even much care of you. They don't care about you as a person. All they care about is you kind of, you know, continuing the family's name and living that prescribed life, I guess. Exactly. And I think that's where I got really scared because 
one this came out of nowhere um very out of nowhere came out and i think i just didn't want my sisters to even though he was out of the country at the time um it's just something that i had to kind of battle with and kind of you know i'm in canada i'm safe i have a family that supports and loves me um and thankfully my sisters were okay with it and my mom is just my biggest thing was my dad and yes um students were very accepting of it one guy who actually happened so happened to be his best friend the guy who outed me um as i was walking in the hallway he kind of said the word i hate to say it i really hate to say it but he said the word faggot to me mm-hmm. in the hallway and i turned around and i smiled and i continued walking and after that nothing nothing in the world kind of would have kind of made me step back on who i am for identity acceptance good for you but i think it's something that people need to be educated about and at the same time i was getting educated on who i am um but at the end of the day it's what kind of led me to be an advocate for inclusion and diversity and we'll get into that a bit more um yeah. throughout the conversation but i think that's something when you forgive and you don't forget about it because that's what really helps build a person. It's those tough experiences that kind of put those strong emotions in place, building yeah. that wall to, you know, for other experiences. I hope to never, you know, kind of experience in life, but it's something that evolved me as a person. Yeah. And thank you for sharing such a personal um, and reflecting moment. And hopefully for, you know, the listeners that are listening in today as well, um, you know, it, it helps for others to hear these journeys, these discussions, and hopefully someone who's feeling or has gone through some of the things that you have, and maybe not to the same extent, is is feeling they're not alone today with that, that story, and I appreciate you sharing it. Um, the next thing you said that I wanted to talk about a little bit more was this notion of, um, and, and I apologize because um, I grew up in the, in the, academic system in the US, which is slightly different. But you mentioned this um, program where they were advising your mom for you to go into a certain path. Can you describe again what that meant? Um, I, I don't remember the two words you used. For sure. Um, so academic and applied. Academic would be okay. the, the highest, not the highest level, but uh, AP advanced um, would be the highest. Then it goes academic, then applied, and then essential. And I, actually, it wasn't even a program. It was, I was in grade nine, my first year of high school. And, you know, being in Canada for, from grade six, I was like, okay, I'm getting a grip on my studies. I'm learning better English. I can do this. And it was at a teacher parent, the interview night, a conference thing. And I was ecstatic with how I was, I thought I was doing amazing in that course. And going into that, I told my mom, listen, she's going to be telling you good things. Um, like, I'm really happy about it. But in the meeting, that definitely turned 360. Uh, she was like, I think he needs to go and apply. He's not going to do well in this course. And for me, Brian, that was a slap across the face. It was- so you actually were in the room when that was mentioned in front of you? Straight to my face. Wow. And I kind of teared up a bit because I was like, wow, you think you're, you know, you're getting better and better. And then all of a sudden, and this was before me being out and everything too, just to mention, 
Yeah. Um, but this was, yeah, in grade nine. And at that point in time, I knew no one could help me except me, myself, and I. Three people, a great team, all-star team, the A team, I called it. <laughs> yeah, and I looked at her and I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And two weeks from that, I stayed two hours after school, making sure um, I was doing all my work and learning, taking the extra, taking in the resources that are kind of allocated in high school where I couldn't use them. And she actually kind of apologized to me in front of the entire class. And she kind of set me as an example to be like, I just told him in front of his mom to go from academic to apply. And now his grade went up by at least 10%. And this is only within a week and a half. Considering wow. high school courses, it's, you know, they're yeah. pretty long. And yeah, so from that point on, kind of helped me persevere. And as I mentioned, experiences yeah. in life is what shapes you as a person and this definitely shaped me into like the man who i am right now but also who i want to continue to be through that perseverance yeah so many different barriers before you even or obstacles to overcome before you even got to university so yeah. okay so fast forward to you get into mcmaster and then what so i got into mcmaster um back in 2016 and it was hard because um, I'm financially responsible for everything ever since I was 15 years old. I actually got my first job at Tim Hortons um, and I stayed there for five years. I got that job in order to support my mom and you know, supporting my mom throughout. I, it was very hard to let alone even get into McMaster, but all the costs and fees that are with that. And for me, my fifth year um, in high school, um, I uh, applied to so many scholarships, anything I can get a hands on because my mom was single. She worked three jobs to make ends meet. And it's, again, that experience helped me build me who I am. But that's where I got in contact with the Bill 7 Award. And Bill 7 Award is, again, you mentioned it's an LGBTQ scholarship for those who are in financial need in Ontario. And that was just amazing. Like, I couldn't believe when I got that phone call. Um, it was very, it was, it was a surreal moment knowing that there was people who wanted to support you because one, I was one of the first openly gay rugby players um, or me in my high school, um, but also found out when I got, uh, when I joined the McMaster men's rugby team that I was actually the first one on that team. Mm -hmm. and then, talking with um, a staff member in McMaster, he kind of mentioned unofficially that I would have been the first openly gay rugby player in Ontario University Associations League, which is the OUA. And that's something for me was a big step forward in my advocacy journey, because that's something that helped me get Bill 7 Award, being the first guy um, and setting an example. And I think having that support going into university was surreal. Um, I'm definitely appreciative and grateful. Um, and like you mentioned, yes, I won it this past year in 2020 um, due to the COVID pandemic and how hard it hit me financially. But I think it goes back to who I am and that they knew who I was. And the fact that I kind of reached out three years later kind of set the example of, 
you know, there's so many people who are in need, um, not only myself, um, but yeah, when Craig Johns, shout out to Craig, <laughs> um, <laughs> he told me on the phone, you're actually the second person ever in Bill 7 to receive this award twice. And for me, that's something that, you know, it's, it's butterflies in your stomach because it's, you know, I came from somewhere where I came from a place where who I am in, in my community that are not accepted to being in a place where I'm very accepted and actually being financially supported to succeed. And that's just, yeah, you can't see yeah. me right now, but there's definitely a tear in my eye right now. Yeah. Thank you again. Um, you know, um, you know, you may not think of yourself this way, but you, you definitely are a trailblazer in these areas of, of uh, barriers and, you know, just listening to your story and, and I'm sure the listeners are, are thinking as well that, you know, these are some pretty, pretty hard things to overcome at a young age and to deal with and to be faced with. And then, you know, to have so many of these, I don't know if you really call them setbacks, but with the teacher and how you, you excelled through that. But can you, I, I'm curious because it seems like sports has played a, an interesting part throughout your experiences to date. And how did that lift you up or how, cause it, it's not, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's not just rugby, you've played other sports too, right? And how has that helped you and what skills have you developed or things from that? For sure. Yeah. Rugby was kind of my really main sport that I fell in love in. Um, but in Jordan, I used to play soccer. When I came here, I played basketball and a bit of volleyball, not very good. Like I played basketball on a midget team in high school, but I play constantly pick up basketball today and everything it's a great way of working out but i think you know being an athlete sports really helps shapes a person in its own way of you know to build the skills of commitment and determination to win um and yeah it allowed me personally to build a mindset to win which kind of transferred to other areas in my life to one succeed in school or succeed in training and working out or even to succeed in my advocacy and making other fields included and welcome through my continuous work for um, inclusion, diversity, and belonging. And I think through my experiences in sport, when I got outed, as I mentioned before, when I was the captain of the rugby team, it was a very scary thing because I didn't know how they would react. And I think their constant support and them assuring me it was okay. Um, was a huge thing because that also teaches you what sports kind of teaches people of acceptance. And there's definitely, you know, there's little setbacks with team dynamics with in that regard. But at the end of the day, my experience when I was openly the first gay rugby player in a Catholic high school, at least to say, was something very amazing. Uh, it's very eye-opening. And I think those skills that for people they want to win, but they also want to win on a personal level too, and making sure others feel accepted. And that's for me, it was a cherry on top. Yeah, no, absolutely. And some great, um, you know, I often see too in conversations around student athletes and, you know, sometimes it's also hard to get those, those internships or those co-ops or the work experience because you're, you are on the field or the court and, um, but yet you're gaining so many skills that are transferable, like you articulated, um, which is important to note. So 
now you're you're finishing up your studies at McMaster. So you'll be graduating this spring and is, is that correct? And what's what's next? Yeah, so um, just to mention real quick, um, I actually, I'm probably going to, after I graduate, to email that teacher, my math teacher, and to be like, <laughs> hey, thank you so much for that because now I'm graduating McMaster. But also, um, I my thesis study, that it's a graduation requirement for my program that's considered a master's at every other university. Um, it just got published by McMaster's University. So I'm gonna be like, thank you for that because if it wasn't for you saying I need to go to Applied, I wouldn't be here today. Um, just to mention that to you, Brian, it's, I'm definitely gonna be sending her that email. Um, <laughs> but um, in terms of what's next, um, I'm just, I just accepted a position with Applied Board. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and thank you for your support with that too. Um, and uh, yes, I'm very excited um, onto that journey. It's definitely, it's a new chapter of life that I'm scared to take, but it's definitely also very exciting, um, especially, yeah, going as a teen in elementary school, you kind of have those experiences and challenges in life. Then high school, then university, and now adulthood. It's, uh, I think, my progression of who I am, um, I've definitely, I'm ready to face adulthood and I'm very excited. Um, but again, it wouldn't be without all those experiences that I've kind of already touched on. Um, but yes, I'm really excited with Apply Board. I'm just actually going back to Kitchener um, this weekend to look at some apartments near there. Um, nice. So it's a big step forward. Yeah, so the, you know, typically on the show, we talk quite a bit about the school to work um to or sorry high school to school post-secondary to work transitions and um none of the stories so far have been um you know everyone when i asked the question about challenges and what challenges people have had um you know your personal challenges along the way are have have made you who you are but also been a big part of those transitions and those pivotal moments so um I can't wait to see what's ahead for you uh, with the opportunity to to make that transition to full time work and and see what you can do in the DNI space. You know, when you think about that, um, you know, questions that I and I think you've articulated some of this, but if you think about like your values and and what you've learned, um, you know, talking to students, I'm trying to get all of us to think differently about it's not your GPA so much as your grades and your your credentials as it is who you are at the core. So, you know, listening to you I and, and hearing your story, I was curious if you would share, you know, what what values do you hold dear to your, your heart and how have your skills that you've developed enabled you to to move through these transitions, if that makes sense. For sure. Um I think, you know, values of something that really sticks with me that really never kind of really changes to be myself, um, not to change for anyone or anything. Um, and even throughout my time to, you know, exploring, uh, exploring every opportunity I can get um, with job searches these past few months, it's a lot of companies um, with job responsibilities is kind of very scary at times because you don't know if you're good enough for it, if you qualify. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me through that was to be who I am in the interviews and for them to really see that there's potential. Um, if 
there was a job that I wasn't really qualified for, but I still got the interview. Um, and I think that's something where, you know, the values of the experiences that I kind of learned that shaped me for who I am. And I think people just really need to be themselves and to know what's right and what's wrong, but also to do what's for good. And for me, honestly, Brian, like I came from a Catholic high school. Um, and right now I'm actually part of a student pride movement um, that is basically enhancing um, the students and staff of LGBTQ, LGBTQ students and staff, excuse me, at the Waterloo Catholic District School Board and to make sure it's, you know, there's a lot of rights allocated to that and policy changes. And they just hired an equity officer too, but it's through that experience, um, which is a big step forward. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's hard at times to, you know, who yourself is, but also the value, because it's hard to talk to people who, when your continuous advocacy for inclusion and diversity is kind of hindered because of other people's perceptions and from how they view LGBTQ from that lens. And going back to when I say, you just got to be yourself. It's you got to be yourself because, again, through my experience with my father, like I get it. I'm talking with someone who's kind of almost in the same lens. Um, not really, but <laughs> kind of in the yeah. same, um, a non acceptance. And yet, and I'm very, I'm very hopeful that I use the term yet because there's been a lot of progress. Um, but I think at the end of the day, people need to be who they are and the values that they hold dear to them, each person is different, to kind of do a reality check from here and there and to kind of be like, all right, am I that same person? How have I changed and how can I get better? And I think that better is what's gonna shape someone even further. And that's just gonna be transferred in a lot of aspects of life. Yeah, no, thank you for, for sharing that. And um, it, you're, you can tell from this conversation and you know, you are genuine and you are, you know, authentic and you, you've come through this um, journey so far with, with some really good reflection and insights that I think others can learn from. And, you know, there's still those students out there that, you know, might be coming out in high school or might be um, in university, but afraid to share who they are and wearing that identity cover or are afraid of their family and how they might be accepted. And, you know, I'm really hopeful that some of the folks will listen to this today and be inspired by your um, courage and your your ability to you know push through that because um, it's not it's not easy and it's a personal journey and and um, it's something that we all who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community deal with them on our own terms and it's it's a personal journey. Um, so I think that that's that's some really great insights. Thank you so much and for sharing that. Um, I guess one of the things I'd like to talk about too is before we um, kind of close out and, and talk more, um, as you think about, you know, what I just said, but also, you know, students and, you know, being told by a teacher, you're not good enough or hearing that, you know, maybe you're not, you're not ready for this or, you know, you're not accepted for that. Um, you know, what, is there any like advice or, Anything you'd like to leave today's listeners with on what they should think about when faced with these, you know, 
barriers and ignorance and all the other things. For sure. I'd say, again, like I just mentioned, um, stick to your roots because your future self will thank you, but also be realistic. For me, when she kind of said that, um, like the teacher, when she told me I have to drop from academic to apply, in my heart, I knew I can overcome this. And I said, no, I'm going to stay in academic. If I fail, I fail. So what? Why, why not take that opportunity? Um, and I think if an individual, if one would get into situations like that, where there is doubt, and like you mentioned, I think, take it. I think life challenges really build people. And why not? If someone is not, people, people doubted I would even get into university. And now I'm graduating with a published thesis. For me, that is honestly still surreal in my head because if you had asked me that when I was back in the ESL class, I'd laugh. I would laugh, let alone every other person that are looking at me thinking, oh, they would laugh too. Um, I think you just need to kind of take challenges in open arms and you know who you are and who you want to become. Everyone has a plan for the future. Unfortunately, things definitely got interrupted with COVID, but I think at the, at the end of the day, the foundation that someone creates um, will help progress them in life. And even with those setbacks and people doubting, I think that's really what shapes a person and gives them a different outlook on life that would also ultimately help them in their personal and professional growth careers. and. Yeah, so that's my biggest thing is stick to yourself because honestly, your future self will thank you. And I'm definitely thanking the grade six little boy that just came back from Jordan to sticking and not letting the bullies get to him as much when he knew this is only a temporary issue. And yeah. thankfully, I'm really grateful that it was. Um, I know many others aren't very fortunate for that, but for me personally is, again, sticking to your roots and that foundation. Yeah, listen to yourself, listen to your inner self and your future self will thank you. I, I think that we'll end on that note. That's a very um, insightful and feeling um, comment. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show and, um, and being a part of the discussion today. Um, I, I really, again, uh, I learned some things and I think our, our listeners learned some things as well. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. I'm a fan of this podcast and I'm grateful to be part of it. And awesome. happy to my side and support. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I, I have to have you back once you start the working world full time and we'll have another conversation or we will definitely meet up for a, a real coffee in person face to face, uh, hopefully in the near future, uh, whether that be in Kingston or here in Ontario or in Toronto. But um, thank you again for the listeners. If you like what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network. Please continue to tune in for more upcoming episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery, and until future, stay well. Thank you.